This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. And today's guest is Glenn Lundy, who's a husband to one, a father to eight, and hosts a wildly popular Facebook Live show, hashtag Rise and Grind. And he is the host of the top clubhouse group, Breakfast with Champions. Glenn, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you uh, sharing the space and time with me. It means the world to me. So one of the things that really drew me into yourself, Glenn, is you've gone on quite a journey with a lot of twists and turns. So could you give people a little bit of backstory in terms of your career, if you will, as opposed to, you know, getting all into the, the wheeze, which you will do later on. But how did you get started? Yeah, so my career now, you know, I'm in the um, automotive industry is uh, a big part of what I what I do. And then I, I have also have, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that I do on social media as far as uh, I have a show, a daily morning show called Hashtag Rise and Grind. And I have Breakfast with Champions on Clubhouse. Uh, I have that as well. And so... Uh, my career in automotive or in sales that actually started. I worked for a place called Sterner and Klein, which was an American online, America online call center, <laughs> an America online call center. And I got my start in sales there. And from there, I saw an advertisement in a newspaper. Um, I saw an advertisement in a newspaper that said, make $5,000 a month guaranteed. And it was for a car dealership. And so I left the Sterner and Klein place, uh, went to the car dealership, started selling cars. And fast forward, you know, I've been in the auto industry 23 years now, had a lot of success in the auto industry. And, uh, you know, with, with, with that, I've been able to grow one of the largest dealerships in the country, the, uh, the second largest used car franchise dealership in the country. And from there, I was able to leave and now uh, consult. So now I work with owners and general managers of dealerships all over the United States of America to help them scale their volume, their profitability, their employee retention, and their overall culture in their dealerships. So lots of stuff in sales for the last uh, 25 years of my life. And the social media stuff is more something I started about three years ago with my morning shows. So did you ever run a dealership to the point where you started to motivate your staff as well? Because obviously that, that's, your, that's your focus in terms of Rise and Grind and Breakfast with Champions. So was there a moment where you blended the two? Yeah, so everything that I did in automotive is uh is kind of kind of what I do uh, <laughs> with with my show you know I'm all about motivation education and inspiration that's what it's all about motivation education inspiration and uh you know the part of the, the biggest part of the reason we were able to grow the dealership at the level we were able to grow it is really taking the time to motivate inspire and extract greatness out of all of our employees helping them with their personal development obviously in turn helped us uh, to reach some super high levels of success. So yeah, tons of crossover as far as that goes. With a lot of the, the work that I do, that's one of the reasons why I, I brought that up because very often the personal and professional growth, if you will, they tend to go hand in hand quite a bit, don't they? Very often the the better the person, if you will, like the growth of the person can very often go hand in hand with the professional side as well. Yeah, you know, when you when you focus on teaching people life skills and not just job skills, uh, everybody wins, right? <laughs> the people win that you're teaching, that you're coaching, they win in their life inside of work and outside of work. Uh, a better employee, one that's more confident in themselves and has the skills to be able to, to be responsible, right? To be a responsible adult. So if we can teach them life skills, then we, now we get a better employee. They win because they get to live a better life. Our customers get a better experience because they're dealing with well-rounded uh, humans. You know, everybody wins. It's just a win-win-win situation. 
could you talk to us a bit about or tell the story of a moment where this was the clearest so where someone had gone on a growth journey maybe they worked for you maybe they were more of a a peer standpoint where the personal growth could clearly lead to the professional growth because very often it's very difficult to connect the dots and I know people listening may be thinking oh well surely it's just a case of doing more of what works and getting rid of the things that don't work and it can be very cut and dry for some people but could you tell a story if you have one Glenn of a personal growth that specifically led to a professional one? Yeah you know I've got lots of them um, especially especially in the uh, auto industry, but uh, one one example would be a young lady that came and applied for a job uh, with me over at the dealership and literally in the interview, she pulled out her background check and she was like, hey, look, I have a felony on my background nine years ago for stealing a car. Uh, I was on drugs back then. She told me like the whole story. And, uh, and I was like, man, we wouldn't even have seen that. We only look back seven years. And she's like, no, no, no. I want, I want you to see it because I want you to know that this is a part of me. Like, I'm thankful for this experience because um, it's, it's, it's now something that I can lean on. So she was a hairdresser at the time. She wanted to do better in her life. And so I gave her an opportunity at the uh, dealership. And at the time, she had lost custody of her daughter, all of those things. And so I gave her an opportunity and she was an incredible student. We sat down and we talked about all of the different aspects of our lives, right? Faith, fitness, finances, family, our friend circles, also our career, and even most importantly, our mindset and how we feel about ourselves and how we look at the world. And so I taught her all of these things over time, as well as how to use social media, as well as how to sell cars. Obviously, she needed the skills uh, you know, the skills to be able to do the job. But what was most important is I taught her how to elevate herself in all of those different seven, those seven main areas, those seven pillars. And with that growth, uh, she now has gone on to where she is a manager at the second largest dealership in the country. She's killing it. She's making amazing money. She's got her kids back in her life. She's bought a house. She's got a boat. Like <laughs> she's doing all of these things in just a matter of a couple of years, three, I guess going on four years now, she's been able to completely transform her life in such a massive way. And she's making a tremendous impact now. She's giving back to the community. She's raising money for charities and organizations. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible. So not only did her performance skyrocket at the dealership, but her life all around it is one of service now where she is contributing to society versus before where she was taking away. Wow, that that was pretty powerful glenn to be fair i mean i i was luckily enough to be able to process that while you were saying it because having to process all that now would take me a while so that that was a pretty almost rags to riches type scenario she had a lot going on for herself there but she managed to turn it around by learning some of the things that, that you teach on a personal level. Just a bit of curiosity on, on my side, Glenn. Was this something that you, you always implemented in your dealership, this idea of the, the personal growth alongside the professional? Yeah, I did at this particular dealership. So I worked in a dealership for nearly eight years where we didn't experience any growth. It was just a grind. <laughs> Everybody was grinding, uh, no real growth whatsoever. It was pretty much a miserable situation. And I spent eight years doing that. And I actually left the auto industry for a little while. I didn't want anything to do with it. I felt like it tore homes apart. It created bad relationships. There was no time for being a, a participant and raising your kids, all of those things. It's a, it's a vicious business. And so I got out and never planned on going back. And when I met my now wife and we had our first child together, uh, she needed me to get a day job. I was working at nights in bars and restaurants, uh, running a, a free poker league. And so she needed me to get a day job. And the only thing I knew how to do well was to sell cars. That was it. So 
I decided, okay, look, I've learned a lot since then. I've grown a lot. Self-development has helped me evolve into a better person. And so going into the dealership world this time, I'm going to go in looking at how can we grow our people? How can we grow our leaders? How can we serve our people? And by doing that, ultimately eradicate and make an impact in the industry. So at that dealership, round two of me being in the car business, uh, and I was at that dealership about the same amount of time, right on, right on eight years. And at that dealership from day one, the focus was how can we serve and teach life skills, not just job skills. And uh, it, it paid off. <laughs> we grew 800% in less than six years uh, to become the second largest in the country. And having that on my resume has allowed me to create uh, a really fantastic um, company and experience now, helping dealerships across the country do the same thing that we did in good old Paris, Kentucky. That speaks a lot to being able to multiply your results by becoming a better person. If you think about the idea of everywhere you go, there you are, right? Like you're the one constant in all of the the challenges and the successes that you have. So very often just by improving yourself in some way can definitely speak to that. And I hope people are listening thinking, wow, I can 8x my results just by focusing on some of the things that you teach. And I know you're very, very bullish on morning routines. That is your that is your thing, for want of a better expression. So talk us through where your passion for morning routines came from. Yeah, you know, so as I was studying more and more uh, successful people, right? Success leaves clues. So as I continued to study more and more successful people, I found a pattern. And the pattern that I found is that all, all highly successful people that I know, they have some sort of powerful morning routine, some sort of routine that taps into mind, body, and spirit to build a solid foundation before they go out and weather the storms. Now, I want to clarify something on this. What time they do that differs for everybody, right? Some people get up at two o'clock in the afternoon. Some people get up at six o'clock at night, depending on uh, their careers and, and their paths. But the key is that first hour when they first wake up, Every single successful human that I know, that I can look up, that I've read books about, every single one of them has a systematic, disciplined routine that they tap into every single day. And so seeing that, I started playing around with different morning routines, taking a piece from this guy's playbook, taking a piece from this woman's uh, success story, and taking all of these pieces, I was ultimately able to put together a five-step morning routine that I apply in my life every single day. And I now teach to others um, that has been able to impact tens of thousands of, of, of people's lives. And so, yes, I believe dang near every problem on this planet would be solved if people would take some time first thing in the morning mm. to reflect, to spend time in gratitude, to take care of themselves physically, to encourage and lift somebody else up. If every human would do that, it would make a massive impact on this planet, no doubt in my mind. So yeah, super bullish for sure, if that's the word that you want to use, uh, but it is what I believe the cheat code to an extraordinary life is having a powerful, disciplined morning routine. And I also am aware that you've got something called the morning five, if that's right. So for people that are unaware of what that is, you'll be able to break down what those five things are that you would advise everyone do every single morning. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's five simple steps. Uh, and I did, I, I wrote a, uh, an ebook about this. So if anybody wants to download the ebook, it's free. You can go to the morning five.com. That's the morning number five, the number five.com. If you, um, want to check it out, it's a short read. You can read it in less than an hour, but here's the basics on those five steps. Step one, never hit the snooze button. Step two, is to do not touch your phone first thing in the morning <laughs> or when you first wake up. 
Step three is to write down your gratitude and goals, the things that you're thankful for and the things that you're reaching for. And I know that sounds like two steps, um, but I truly believe that that is one. Goals by themselves can actually create a negative frequency. I wish I had a bigger house. I wish I had more money. I wish I was better looking. That can actually create a negative frequency. What we want to do is create a positive frequency. I'm thankful I have a roof over my head. I'm thankful that my bills are paid. I'm thankful that I woke up today, right? And then reaching for our dreams, our goals, and our aspirations. It's a completely different frequency. So I believe that's one step, gratitude and goals together. Number four is to take care of yourself physically. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. So you get freaking moving. I don't care if you crawl, walk, run. I don't care what you do. Play basketball, play golf in the morning. Just get that body in motion. And then step five is to send out an encouraging message, whether that be a text message, a Facebook message, a sticky note that you put on the wall for one of your kids or for your spouse. Once you've done these first four steps, no snooze, no phone, gratitude, goals, take care of the physical. Once you've done those four, those first four steps, you are vibrating on such a powerful, positive frequency that you need to release that out into the universe. And not only will it make a positive impact in somebody else's life, but ultimately energy has no choice but to be converted. It cannot be created, nor does it dissipate. It is converted just like a windmill. We capture the wind, we convert it into energy. So when you release that energy out into the world, it converts and ultimately comes back to you just as positive, if not 10 times more. So no snooze, no phone, gratitude and goals, take care of the physical, send out an encouraging message. Do those five things first thing when you wake up, whatever time that is. And I assure you, it will help lead to an extraordinary life. What are your thoughts on biohacking? Because when people think about movement, their first thought could be, oh, I go out for a run or I exercise <laughs> any of those things, right? But what's your take on something like biohacking where you sort of do something that almost tricks your body into being more energetic what are your thoughts on things like that yeah you know i don't know a whole lot about um about that about that world of of biohacking <laughs> i definitely don't know a whole, whole lot about that uh, i do know that i have been able to uh, really study and understand sleep and so I've been able to hack sleep by uh, by having a full understanding of my sleep cycles. So my sleep cycles are roughly two hours and 10 minutes is, is, a, is a standard sleep cycle for me. And so I can travel around the world and, and uh, not have to be affected by jet lag. Um, I can sleep two hours and 10 minutes in a night and wake up fully energetic, or I can sleep four hours and 20 minutes and be fully energetic, or I can sleep six hours and 30 minutes and be fully energetic, whatever I want to do to stack those sleep cycles. And so an understanding of that has created a, an environment where you know, I go to bed at 11 at night, I get up at 3.20 in the morning, in most cases, if I'm here at home. And so sleeping four hours and 20 minutes a night is a perfect cycle for me and it gives me the energy I need to run all day long. So I don't know of any other really biohacks. I never really looked into that a whole lot. Um, I just do know that when it comes to my sleep, I've been able to unlock that cheat code and having uh, 19 hours and 40 minutes a day to run has helped accelerate my business and my life in an incredible way. You're one of these people that could sleep for four hours a night, wake up, and you're ready to go. I wish I was you. I wish I could get away with four hours sleep a night and be bright, bushy-tailed, if you will, and ready to attack my day. Now, this is something that I am actually aware of. I've been following you on the clubhouse land, if you will, for a while. So I'm aware this is something that you can actually do. Um, and I, I think it's, it's actually a genetic 
thing whereby there's only so few people that can actually do it. And I know some people sit there and say that they do. And really, they sleep for four hours and they're a hot mess before they actually wake up and then sort of go about their day. But there are people that can legitimately sleep for four hours and was it 20 minutes, you said, um, a night and you're fired up and you're ready to go. So I completely admire you for that. And I would consider myself fortunate if I was one of those people, Glenn, because I am not. I need at least at least seven to eight hours before my body even feels like getting out of bed the next day. The rest of it's powered by coffee, if you will, before I can get a whole lot done. So Michael, Michael, I think that that is a limiting belief, my friend. All people, all people, everybody's sleep cycles are between two and three hours long. And if you can land at the right spot on your sleep cycle, you don't need all that. And I've seen it and you've seen it and you've experienced it. We've all done it. There's all been time. We've all had times where we stayed up late for some particular reason. We had something exciting the next morning, Christmas. When you were a kid, you could stay up all night, wake up the next morning. You were so excited to get going. Oh my gosh, I got to get the Christmas presents. You woke up full of all kinds of energy and didn't sleep a wink, right? If the reward is good enough, if the reward is good enough, you don't need seven, eight hours of sleep. You just don't. I'm telling you. And if you get it right within your cycles, that's the key. See, if I wake up mid cycle, oh my gosh, I'm lethargic all day, all <laughs> day long. That's the, like, if I sleep, if I sleep four hours and 30 minutes instead of four hours and 20, I'll be lethargic all day long. If I sleep five and a half hours, I'll be lethargic all day long. The key is you've got to nail the sleep cycle on the nose, on the button. And when you nail it, when you understand your cycle and you nail it, you will find that you too can do exactly what I do when it comes to sleep. You have that superpower. It's in you. I promise, man. I promise. You just got to learn it. That's all. You just got to learn it. So here we go then. What's, what resource could you point me as a very self-interested, keen, wanting to hack my sleep? And those that are listening, they think, you know what? This would be pretty cool if I could nail it on the nose, have like five or six hours sleep, whatever my cycle is, and get up refreshed. How did you come up with yours? So find, you know, figuring out your sleep cycle, there are apps that can help you. They are not 100% accurate, but there are apps that you can use on your phone. There are things if you have a smartwatch, there are apps that you can use on there. So once you get a general idea of your individual sleep cycle, because everybody's a little bit different, they all find be fall between that two and three hour, um, but everybody's a little bit different. So once you get an idea, a rough idea of your sleep cycle, then it's just a matter of playing around with the alarm, uh, you know, I, what I would do is I would adjust it by five minutes and see how that felt and try that for two weeks. And then I would adjust it by another five minutes, see how that felt and adjust it for two weeks. And so I started with an app, then from there went to the adjusting of the time. They also suggest if you're ever on vacation where you're like in a place where you just don't have anything to do and you lay down in the middle of the day and take a nap, that nap time will give you a rough idea of your sleep cycle as well, right? You lay down, you sleep for about two hours, two and a half hours. You don't have a whole lot on the agenda or a whole lot on your mind. Um, that can give you a rough idea as well. So using an app, playing around with your alarm a little bit, if you can get a midday nap and see how long that is, those can help you dial it in. But you'll know it when you hit the sleep cycle on the nose, you'll know it because you will wake up your feet will hit the ground. You will stand up and within 60 seconds of waking up, you will have, you will feel fully alert. I don't drink caffeine. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink energy drinks. I don't drink any of that stuff. It's just a matter of understanding how your individual body works and hitting that nail on the head. So this was something that you've been clearly doing for a while now. So you're able to get the terrific benefit of having the extra hours in the day as well and those that are 
listening will be thinking, oh, this is great. I can just sort of hack my time, hack my sleep, get my morning right, and everything will sort of slot into place. Now, for those that don't know, this is something a bit of a bit of a tangent for those that don't know this about you, Glenn, but you also have, is it eight children as well? So you're able to manage all of this while managing a reasonably large family by a lot of people's standards. So for those that are like super keen, like I am, Glenn, what's the secret to that? The secret is to have a phenomenal partner <laughs> that supports you in all of your, your, your dreams and your, and your endeavors. Uh, my wife is, is my, is my rock. Uh, we do have eight children. We've got seven of them in my house. Uh, I have an older child. She's 22 years old and or she'll be 22 in two days. And then I have my younger children. The oldest in the house is 11 years old. So we have an 11 year old, a nine year old, a seven year old, a five year old, a four year old, a two year old and a five month old. And dude, my wife, dude, my wife, like right now, I'm at the studio, I'm doing a podcast with you, I'm on Clubhouse, I'm working on stuff. She's at the house, schooling the children, you know, cooking all the meals, planting gardens, like she's, she's just wild, man. So um, I believe that this thing called life, you know, is, is much easier if we can find a partner to run with. And whether that's a, a spouse that you marry, maybe it's a, a, a really good um, friend that pushes you and drives you and motivates you. Uh, I don't believe that this life is something we're supposed to do alone. I think it's something that we do together. So the secret is to really get around the the, the right people that can support your dreams and uh, allow them to drive in their niche and you drive in yours. So my wife makes all decisions when it comes to the house. That's her house. She runs that. She's the CEO. She's the boss. Whatever she says goes. When it comes to the business, that's my jam. I'm the CEO. I'm the boss. Whatever I says goes. And we both have a very clear understanding of that. And uh, I think that's that's been the hugest value add uh, to my success. Thanks for sharing that. It's not always as straightforward as people think it is. And I think letting people under the hood, if you will, of how you manage everything is definitely going to be valuable for those that are, I wouldn't say struggling because everyone has their own way, but very often, very often taking wisdom from people that have a bit more of an intense situation than you. If you apply it to your own life, that'll sort of compound that benefit. And I say that as someone that has cystic fibrosis and diabetes, Glenn. So when I was a personal trainer, people would come to me for my advice, not because they were magical, but because I was able to get results for me. They could take that and obviously compound the results for them because they were not in a as intense situation as me. So people have come to me for diet advice. And when people will go, why? He's not a nutritionist. Yeah, but he's got two health conditions. His diets, his entire life, his, his fitness and health is basically a priority from when he was born. If I want to ask anyone for advice, I'm going to go to Mike. And that was how I got my start as a, as a personal trainer. So managing your life, Glenn, around everything else that you're doing and having a family, having one child is probably a different scenario to having eight so I really appreciate you sharing that one of the things that you mentioned before Glenn was you started the the online side of what it is that you do so you've gone from motivating inspiring transforming the people that work for you and worked with you in the dealerships to transitioning online was there something that led to that was there a, a list of things that happened that made you think let's take this online what was the main motivation for that yeah so one of the hardest things to do in the car business is to uh recruit you know really 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 good and aligned um humans and just like we kind of talked about with uh mary earlier uh, people that aren't 
you know, receptive or not interested, or they're not in that path in their journey yet of, of kind of self-development and growth and that type of thing. Um, people that are stubborn, right there, it's hard to, it's hard to crack that sometimes. And so what I realized is that it's easier to win championships with championship players. And so social media was an opportunity for us to showcase how we were different from some of the other dealerships. There's lots of great dealerships out there, but we were able to highlight how we were different and how we were all about the growth of the individual and spotlighting the individuals and that type of thing. And so we used that as a recruiting tool. You know, I used social media to recruit. I started doing Saturday morning sales meetings live. No one had ever done that in the car business before. What I would take you behind the scenes, this is what we're talking about. And there were salespeople all around the country that were going, my Saturday morning sales meeting does not look like that. I want to go work with Glenn and I want to be a part of that team, right? And so uh, it started as just really a recruiting tool to show that we were different. Now, it also, I wanted to show the world, the consumer that we were different. So we had this motto, right? I am on a mission to eradicate the negative stigmas associated with the car business. I can do this by making people people feel special, feel important, and like they're the only one. I will offer an experience that will exceed my customers' expectations today, tomorrow, and in the future. I will not just sell cars, I will create fans. And so we really were building a brand about how we were the ones that were eradicating. We were like the anti-car dealership, car dealership. And so we were showing that in our social media and gaining a lot of traction that way. So now we're recruiting, now we're also getting the consumers and I've started to develop a platform. I started to develop a name. And there were people outside of the car business that started saying, hey, this stuff's kind of cool. Like I, I could use some of this self-development stuff. I'm not in the car business, but I'm picking up what you're putting down. And we started to quickly realize that the, the, the business strategies or the thought processes, the mindset stuff, the self-development stuff, it was beneficial to people all across the board. And so now I wanted to lean into more of that, right? How do I not just help people in automotive, but how can I help people around, you know, all the way across the board? And that was a part of the stimulation to think, okay, well, I probably need to use uh, Facebook a little bit more effectively. I need to show up more often. I need to make more posts. I need to really focus on motivation, education, and inspiration. And that just kind of started to shift the narrative of what I was posting um, online and the intention behind it. Fast forward a little bit, and uh, there was an opportunity to uh, 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 respond to a tug, right? To respond to a tug. And uh, I decided to start going live first thing in the morning with some motivation, some education, some inspiration with this show called Hashtag Rise and Grind and really, uh, you know, have an opportunity to pour into people first thing in the morning, like I believe in changing the way people start their day, uh, trying to make a massive impact in their life. And, uh, and, and so I started, you know, I started January 6, 2018. And uh, as of this morning, we've done 868 episodes of Hashtag Rise and Grind. And that decision has led me to travel the world, speak on stages, connect with tens of thousands of human beings in social media and around the world. And uh, it's just really created some, some, some new opportunities uh, all around that show, including this right here, you know, breakfast with champions does not exist without hashtag rise and grind. And so uh, that was kind of the path in the journey. It started off with a little bit of recruiting and, and wanting to educate the consumer on a different way uh, led to some opportunities to serve more people outside of the industry and inside of the industry. And now here we are, uh, uh, being interviewed on a on a podcast on a on a Thursday afternoon. It's pretty crazy, really. <laughs> so thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, it, it can it can definitely surprise you what what can happen just by being consistent and just by showing up. Am I right in saying that you were already posting online? You were already active on social media prior to this almost revelation, if you will? 
yeah so i was posting you know for dealership's sake so um i was posting two times a day uh on facebook just something in the morning something in the evening uh for a few years before we uh before we ever started rising ground so you decided to uh, i guess up your game in terms of how, how you showing up what was the the main spark for that did you have a particular conversation with yourself that led to the whole hashtag rise and grind setup breakfast with champions over on clubhouse what was that conversation with yourself like you know michael i have conversations with myself like every minute of every day um thankfully with technology i don't get thrown in a uh, in a rubber room when i talk to myself because i just put like a microphone in front of me now and we call it a podcast right um but i'm always i'm always learning and i'm always evolving and i like to share what i'm learning and share as i'm evolving because i'm a firm believer that if you can teach what you learn it cements it so much so much deeper right so much deeper and so uh I don't do anything same and I don't do anything less than I just I'm not built that way. So, you know, Cat Williams kind of jokes about this. He's like, you know, if you're if you're having your birthday party at the same place you had your birthday party last year, I'm not coming to your birthday party. And that's kind of my mindset. If I'm doing the same thing that I was doing last year, I can't I can't run like that. I can't. So everything constantly grows everything constantly evolves everything in my life gets bigger so as soon as i start you know getting a little i'm getting a result i'm like okay how do we increase that result i'm getting another result how do we increase that result how do we get faster how do we get further how do we impact more uh, that's just that's just how my brain works you know who do i got to connect with what books do i have to read what skill do i need to learn uh that's 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 the only gear i know is bigger better faster i think it's worth just acknowledging your commitment to this never-ending self-improvement thing glenn because all the way through the conversation all the way through the answers and the questions and i'm trying to pick out things and it all just comes back to your commitment to getting better, your commitment to self-improvement, this never-ending journey that we're all on should we choose to go on that journey. And I just want to sort of appreciate that and appreciate the fact that you're leading the charge for a lot of people. And I'll tell you a bit of a, a bit of a story, really, because when I first started to get back into the more physical side of my improvement, so I got back to the gym, essentially, and I was getting messages from people saying I wasn't going to go to the gym, but because I saw that you did, and it was on a Sunday, so I chose to go on a Sunday when a lot of people tend to take that day off, I chose to go to the gym. And just that alone, just me documenting practicing what I preach to a certain degree that was enough for them to follow suit that was enough for them to essentially copy me if you will for want of a, a better expression so I just want people to understand that that's something you're doing as well from a, a mental perspective from a business perspective from a personal development perspective that just by practicing what you preach, Glenn, just by doing your thing, essentially, that is enough to help people. That was a strong, a strong revelation for me when I first realized that, when I first got my messages of, but this is easy though. I'm just I'm just being myself. I don't quite understand. My brain couldn't quite process the idea of being myself and just doing my thing was enough to to help people. So I just want to acknowledge the fact that that's something that you're doing as well. And did you have the same revelation that I had? Did you have the same conversation around being yourself and just doing whatever it is that you do was enough to help people emulate that and get similar results to you. Yeah. You know, um, 
let's face it, Michael, you know, people, we all admire discipline and consistency because I think we all struggle with it in different areas and aspects of our lives. I think in different seasons and times in our lives, I think we all, we all have struggled with, with, um, you know, just, just, just authentically being the best version of you that you can possibly be. And so when we see someone that is, is showing that passion and that desire and that willingness to do the things that suck, <laughs> when we see someone uh, that, that, that is exuding that, um, you know, those types of behaviors, it's, it's, it's admirable, right? It's admirable. We look at that and we go, man, yeah, I, I, you know, I wish I could do that. Maybe I could do that. Maybe I'm going to, I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm going to go tomorrow. And that's what I love about being alive here in 2021. Uh, I am so thankful, so incredibly grateful to be born in this, this time period where all of us can have a mic and all of us can pull out a camera and all of us can connect in ways that just simply didn't exist, right? It just simply didn't exist. And so now I feel almost a responsibility because I've been chosen to live in this particular time period. I feel a responsibility to utilize the tools, the resources, the connections and the technology uh, that we have available to be the best version of me that I can and to capture that and to show that uh, not for my ego, not for Glenn Lundy, not for any other purpose than if one person sees it and in their mind they go, you know what? I want to do that. I'm going to try tomorrow, right? And then then, then, then it's all worth it. It's, it's, it's all worth it. And so, yeah, man, I'm 100% with you. And every time I get feedback, every time I get a message, every time somebody says, you know, a lot of times people will message me and they, they'll say, you changed my life. And it's like, no, I didn't, I didn't change your life. You, you chose to change your life. That's all you chose to change your life. I just shined a light on the fact that you desire change. That's really it. That's my job. My job is to shine the light and help you think about what you think about, right? to help you think about how you feel about yourself, to th help you think about your daily activities, to help you think about your sleep cycles, to help you think about how you get up in the morning, to th help you think about how you treat other people. That's my job. My job is to help you think so that then you can identify the areas of opportunity, growth, and development in your particular life. And then you can choose whether you're going to take actions to change those areas of your life or not, right? So... I think it's freaking cool, man, that we live in this time that we can do that. We can help people think internally and audit themselves and ultimately make better decisions, you know, for themselves. I think it's awesome. I would completely agree, Glenn. And responsibility was the main thing that stuck out for me. Just in what you said there, you feel almost this desire, almost through gratitude, that you feel so happy with the position that you're in that you get to help people you get to change people you get to transform people you almost feel compelled to do it like you almost feel responsible for that because people turn to you people turn to you people see you people almost subconsciously use you as a role model for how to live and not in its end not in its trying to think of the right word not in its entirety but they pick that thing that you do that they want to do as well and that could be a peaceful thing that could be an intense thing that could be something very simple as going for a morning walk the fact that you do that and deep down as you said they shed the light on the desire to do that as well. That can be enough, can't it? Just for them to go, you know what? Tomorrow, 
I am going to create the time that I need in order to do that as well. And I felt that pull for a long time, and I don't know about you. Uh, it can be very difficult to turn away from it. I know that sometimes it can be hard for me to do things just for myself. That can be very difficult. And sometimes it doesn't feel the same as doing something for somebody else or benefiting somebody else. So I know I have to have a very, very conscious effort around doing something just for myself because we all have this selfish selfless push-pull thing of if it benefits them and benefits me then that's better than something just benefiting me it's a weird feeling and um I just want you to know that that I feel that as well Glenn you're not alone I'm sure there are many other people listening that feel the same way and what I thought I would almost end with because I'm aware of the time and I want to be respectful of how much time that you're very very graciously giving to the show what I thought I would turn to is what question do you wish people would ask you and what would the answer to that question be what what question do I wish people would ask me I guess um (laughs) I guess the only question well, there's there's two. Uh, I wish people would ask me what night they can babysit all the kids. That would be a great question to ask me, <laughs> because very very rarely do people offer to babysit all the babies. They might take one or two or three or sometimes even four, but very rarely do people want to take all seven, right? Um, and then um, I guess the other question that uh, I wish people would ask me is. Um, Glenn, how did you find your path to understanding and knowing that you are a child of God? Because when somebody asks me that question, that's, 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 that's where I want those that don't understand um, God or don't believe in God or don't have a connection with God, uh, when they ask that question, then I'm like, okay, yes, 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 yes. This is, this is what's up because there was nothing more transformative in my life than going from 2d mind and body to 3d mind, body, and spirit. And so the more people that ask me that question, the better. And my answer to that question would be uh, that I first had to let go of self and give up this whole idea or preconceived notion that we're in this game alone and we have to claw and scratch and bite our way to the top. Uh, And after letting that go, opening your mind to the possibilities, because I was a very closed-minded human for a lot of my life. Um, But once I opened my mind and I started to study, I started to study like Dianetics and Scientology. And then I studied Buddhism and I studied uh, Christianity. And ultimately for me, I found my path to spiritual light and understanding through Jesus Christ. That was the path that I found it on. And so I would, that's how I would answer that for someone who asked, I'd say first let go of, of this, of this thought, this, this limiting belief um, that you're in this game alone and, and surrender to the idea that you're a part of something bigger than self. And then start to dive in and and really start to research and 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 get closer because when you get closer to God, He gets closer to you, right? And uh, and so that's the question I wish people asked me more, and and that's how I would likely respond to it. Awesome, Glenn. Now I have one last question for you that's on my horrific amount of notes, and that <laughs> that is a question that you sometimes ask your guests on your show. So you're going to probably let the let the mind churn a little bit as to what the question might be. But you're on the top of a mountain, Glenn, and somehow 
you also have access to a microphone. And everyone around the world comes to the foot of that mountain. Some get closer to you than others, yeah? And you have the chance to share one thing with the entire planet. They've all come just to see you, Glenn. They've all taken the time out of their day, out of their week, however long it's taken them. Some have traveled thousands, tens of thousands, millions of miles to hear what you have to say. And you're given a microphone. You've got one chance to share this. What would the message be? I think on this particular sunny uh, mid-spring day, uh, what, what, what I would say at this particular time is I would say, um, look, folks, there's no easy way out. There's no easy way out of this thing called life. You can search for it. You can try to find comfort. You can uh, spend more time in bed under the covers. You can hide from it. You can be scared of it. You can, you can choose to do all of those things, but no matter what you do, there is no easy way out. You've been chosen and this life is so incredibly short and yet at the same time far longer than you could ever possibly imagine so choose now to do the things that are hard so that later in life there's not an 80 year old person inside of you the one that's inside of you now so that later in life there's not an 80 year old Looking back, going, golly, I wish you would have done the things that were hard so that my life could be easy. Les Brown talks about this all the time. If you do the things that are hard, your life will be easy. If you do the things that are easy, your life will be hard. I tried to take myself out. God told me no. He said, there's no easy way out of this, buddy. There's no easy way out. So dive in learn who you are and learn whose you are develop the disciplines the behaviors and the mindset of greatness and those that have come before you and you too can experience all that god has for you in such an impactful and enlightening way so go out there and be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. Because once you make that choice, that decision, it makes an impact, not just on you, but on everyone that comes in contact with you, your friends, your family members, your coworkers. And today, you cheering here at the base of the mountain has made a massive impact on me. And I, for one, absolutely stinking love you for it. And then I drop the mic and walk off. And then I drop the mic and walk off, Glenn. That is an amazing way to round off the interview. It's been an amazing time. I've really enjoyed it. If people want to find out more about you, where can people go? The best thing to do is just go to glennlundy.com. That's glennlundy.com. It connects to all my social media, all of those different things. And you can also get a copy of The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Life if you want to change the way you start your day. So I appreciate you, Michael, so very, very much. Appreciate you sharing the space and time with me. And uh, it's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, make sure you do subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Leave a review sharing what you thought about the show. And I look forward to seeing you all again on the next episode.